Good morning, Grace Life. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for His presence. I'm thankful that His presence is constant. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to thank Pastor Jamie and First Lady Lisa for uh, giving me this opportunity to share the good news of the gospel. It's been a while since I've been able to um, share the gospel here at Grace Life, and I'm humbled and honored because I know Pastor Jamie doesn't trust very many people behind the pulpit, you know, and that, that shows me that he trusts me with his sheep. Amen. And so I'm thankful for that. Also thankful for those who have uh, been praying for uh, my wife's grandmother. She, uh, ha- she lives at Dunbar Towers, and they had a... Uh, they had a association, tenant association election, and she was excited, and she was helping them pass out ballots and things uh, this week. And she was supposed to be on her walker, and she had the walker over in the corner, and and she was passing out ballots, and tr- she tripped over somebody else's walker, and um, so she ended up in the hospital with a fractured hip, um, and uh, she was able to have surgery yesterday. So I want to thank you guys for, for prayers. We didn't think that she was going to be able to because her potassium level was so high. And the doctor said that everything went smooth, and so now she's uh, going to be at the hospital for at least four days, and then they're going to have to uh, send her to a, a rehab facility for at least three to four weeks or longer. So she's got a long recovery ahead of her, and so we just can you know appreciate the prayers, for continued prayers for her that she would have a, a quick recovery, actually. Um, you know, because she's, she's 80 years old, and we know that, you know, she doesn't heal as as, as fast as uh, younger folks. So, And my wife is at work today. Uh, she, she's been off for a couple of days because um, of her grandmother. And she's usually here when I preach or any time she tries to make sure she has that day off. And uh, she, it helps me to see her sitting on the front row. So it's a little different today. Um, but she, you know, we have bills to pay, so she had to go back to work, and and uh, she may have to take some days off this this week uh, to deal with her grandmother. Uh, so y'all just continue to pray for us. Pray for my cousin. She lost her husband this morning. Um, he passed away this morning. I found that out right before I come to church. Uh, but you know, God is a, you know, God is a God of comfort. Amen. He's a, a God of strength and healing, and so. Uh, we know that His grace is sufficient. And so let's get started. The title of today's message is The Gospel Truth. Does anyone know what the word gospel means? Amen. The gospel means good news, and it's used over 90 times in the New Testament. And so when you have good news, what do you do with it? Amen. You share it. Amen. I know you've heard that song, Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. So when you have good news, you tell it. Amen? So when someone makes a statement to you and they say, and that's the gospel truth, it means that they want you to believe that what they are saying to you is a completely true statement. Amen? Or the absolute truth. Now, as a child, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, um, but I was exposed to the gospel. Uh, I was exposed to church, and I heard about Jesus from my dad's side of the family. My great aunt and uncle would take me and my sisters uh, to church whenever they could. And so what I heard from most preachers, I took as the gospel truth, because, you know, at that age, I think I was five years old the first time I went to church. And... uh, 
I didn't read the Bible, so I took what I heard as the gospel truth. And so for years I formed my own view and my own opinion of God uh, from the th- and who He was from the things that I have heard preached to me. But I've realized that what might have been preached was truth. It was only partial truth. And I believe that there was something missing, and I believe that those missing ingredients was context and audience on most occasions. Amen? But I do believe that, you know, we can take certain individual scriptures, you know, and, and in our life situations, and I believe that the Holy Spirit will allow us to grab hold of certain individual scriptures to help us get, to, get through certain life situations. Amen? My faith, my, I call them my life verses. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Amen? And 3, 6 is in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Amen? So even if you don't feel Him, when you get up in the morning, acknowledge Him. Thank you, God, for your presence in my life today. Amen? Because the more you do that, the more you will acknowledge Him. Amen? And the more His presence will manifest in your life and through your day and through your week. Hallelujah. I'm thankful today that God's presence is constant. So though many applications can be made, there's still context. uh, That you read a few verses before, a few verses after, sometimes even the whole chapter, amen, to get the context. But fast forward to, to the present. I now understand that the Bible was not written to me. Amen? It wasn't written to me in 2021. It was written for me, but it wasn't written to me. It was written to the audience in which it was written. It was written for the New Testament uh, believers in the first century. Hallelujah. Who They lived in a different culture. They lived in a, in, in a different time than what we do today. So we have to keep that in mind as we study the Word of God. And I found that on some occasions that I was robbed from the rest of the story. Amen? Hallelujah. So every now and again when somebody wants to point out the fact that they're telling the truth, they will say, and that's the gospel truth. And most of the time it's not even the truth. Amen? They will try, they'll try to back it up that way and they may even believe that it's true, but it may not be the gospel truth. And sometimes we'll have a preacher who will preach a message against sin. He'll pay his respects to every sin in the Bible. And listen, I believe there's times that we need to teach and preach what the Bible says about sin. Amen? But sometimes you'll have those preachers who will preach a message against sin and he more or less walks up and down the aisle with the Bible beating everybody in the congregation over the head with it, with the law, trying to reach that one, la- that one lost sinner that might be in the crowd. Amen? Because believers are are not under the law. The Bible says, therefore, now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? So I believe if you're you're speaking to uh, an unbeliever, uh, you you don't need to beat everybody else in the head with, with the law. Amen? Who has already been forgiven of their sins. Amen? Hallelujah. And then sometimes when he's, he's finished, he'll pour the, pour the salt in the wounds and he'll preach hell hot and judgment sure and people go out and say, boy, he really preached the gospel. Well, no, he didn't because the gospel is good news. Now, that's the bad news that makes the good news good. Amen? But it's not the good news 
The gospel is good news and the very word gospel itself means good news today. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men unto repentance, not scaring the hell out of them. Amen? Now, that may work for some people. I know some people that 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 worked for. That did not work for me. It wasn't until I experienced the goodness of God through the men and women, uh, the men and women of God of the kingdom who came to me in my darkest times. Hey, amen. That's that's what the goodness of God drew me unto repentance. I'm not denying the existence of the lake of fire. Amen. But and some may disagree, but and that's fine. But the Bible says it's the goodness of God. The gospel is good news. In Colossians chapter 1, in verse 5, Paul gets into a discussion of the gospel. And you will notice in verse 5 it says, For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, for which you heard before, in the word of the truth of the gospel. In the word of the truth of the gospel. It could literally be translated, the message of truth, which is the gospel. Or the message of truth, namely the gospel. Now he says that he's thankful for what the gospel has accomplished. And he calls the gospel the truth. And as I said before, I often hear people say, when they want to emphasize their honesty, they'll say, and that's the gospel truth. Have you heard of that? Have any of you heard that? I've used it myself at some point in time. But some people say that and they don't even know what the gospel is. Amen? And so I wonder where that comes from. Why do people, when they want something to be believed, they say that's the gospel truth? It's because for all time that the gospel has been associated with the truth. Amen? They're synonymous. It is the truth. And that's why people say that. Even unwitting people who do not even know what they mean, they use this phrase to get their point across as a fact to be believed. So, the question is today, what is the gospel truth? We who are Christians, when we talk about the gospel truth, What are we saying? We're saying that the gospel truth is the absolute truth. We're saying that the gospel truth is a fact. The gospel truth is a completely true statement. The gospel truth is good news today. Amen? Listen, don't don't take my word for it. In Acts 20, 24, it's called the good news of the grace of God. In Romans 1, 9, it's called the good news of His Son. Hallelujah. In Romans 15, 16, it's called the good news of God. In 1 Corinthians 9, 12, it's called the good news of Christ. In 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it's called the glorious good news. Hallelujah. In Ephesians 6, 15, it's called the good news of peace. And I love this. Revelations 14, 6 is called the everlasting gospel or the everlasting Good news. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 15 clearly tells us what it is. First Corinthians 15 one says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. So what is the gospel? Verse 3 says. I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I had received. 
The Lord gave me the gospel. Here it is. Here's the gospel truth. That Christ died for our sins. Hallelujah. Fulfilling scriptures. That he was buried. And that he rose again on the third day. Again fulfilling scriptures. That's the gospel truth. Hallelujah. Come straight from the word. I love the statement that Pastor Paul White makes in, in one of his sermons. He says, The tragedy of our modern church is that people can't find Jesus in our sermons. If you don't hear about Jesus, then it's not the gospel. Amen? It's all about Jesus today. Without Jesus, there's no hope. Without Jesus, there's no life. Without Jesus, there's no forgiveness of sin. Without the blood of Jesus, hallelujah. And he goes on to say, people are not transformed because you sing well. People are not transformed because you have a good service. People are not transformed because you have cool features. Now, there's nothing wrong with any of that. Amen? But they're transformed when they see and they hear Jesus. 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 I want to make sure you hear about Jesus today. Hallelujah. So what is the gospel truth? It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The one who died for our sins. The one who gave it all. Amen? He gave it all to give us all. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you that God left His glory above to come down in human flesh and, and take on all of its sufferings to provide a way for you and I to have an intimate and personal relationship with the Father above today. I'm here to tell you that He took all of our judgment. He took all of our punishment on His body at the cross of Calvary today. But listen, it didn't end there today. I'm here to tell you that He was buried in a borrowed tomb. Hallelujah. And that he was resurrected on the third day. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and I. And he has given you and I the Holy Spirit of God. He didn't leave us comfortless today. He gave us the Holy Spirit of God that lives and breathes on the inside of you. I'm here to tell you that he restored in Jesus what we lost in Adam. Did you hear me? I said he restored in Jesus uh, what we lost in Adam. Come on, somebody. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. See, it was never God's intent for us to be separated or cut off from his presence. It was the plan from the beginning for us to be in fellowship with him. So through all through the Old Testament, through all the sacrificial um, system of God, He was trying to show us the, His greatest desire, which was to restore us and bring us back into a right relationship with Him. Because that's the only way you're going to get to heaven today, amen? It's through Jesus Christ. There's only one way, there's not many different ways. And, and, and he did that through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, the old covenant was between God and man. And it was a standard that we couldn't keep. We could not live up to the standards of God. There's no way. But the new covenant, 
God made with Himself. And God never breaks a promise, amen? The Bible says that God is not a man that He should lie. Hallelujah. And so listen, now with no veil, nothing hindering us in our intimacy with God, we can come with boldness to His mercy throne, amen? And that's where we will encounter enough grace to empower us through every difficulty that you and I face throughout our life. We find our true life in His presence. And I don't have to wait to get to heaven to experience Him. Amen? I've experienced Him here today in this service. Hallelujah. When I came in that door, I brought Him with me. Because He said He would never leave me or forsake me. I'm thankful today that He is constant in my life. No matter the good, no matter the bad, He never leaves me. Everyone else may leave me, but God never will. I may not understand His ways sometimes, but He never leaves me comfortless. And so what was required of us under the law, the blood for forgiveness for our sins, it was too high of a cost. And it required a perfect and sinless sacrifice without spot, without blemish. But there had to be a continual bloodshed of animals. It only delayed the cost of our sins. It did not satisfy the debt that we owed. So, there had to be a new covenant made. And in that new covenant, that new covenant being made, we experienced the perfect and sinless blood of Jesus Christ. I like what Romans 5.19-21 in the Passion Translation. It says, One man's obedience opened the door. I like that. Opened the door for all humanity to become sinners. That was... Speaking of Adam. So also one man's obedience opened the door for many to be made perfectly right with God and acceptable to Him. So then the law was introduced into God's plan to bring the reality of human sinfulness out of hiding. See, without the law, we didn't know what sin was. Amen? And then when the law was given, it was never really given and meant for us to keep but to point us to Jesus. Point us to someone who could keep it. We could never live up to the standard of God. Amen? And it goes on to say, And yet wherever sin increased, there was more than enough of God's grace to triumph all the more. And just as sin reigned through death, so also this sin-conquering grace will reign as king through righteousness, imparting eternal life through Jesus our Lord and Messiah. Listen, folks, we cannot earn eternal life today. There's no way that we could ever... There's not a list of things that we can do to earn eternal life or or earn us a place in heaven today. Eternal life is not a gift to be earned, but it's a gift to be received. Amen? We are saved by grace through faith, and His righteousness becomes my righteousness. 
I'm not righteous today by what I do or what I don't do, but I am righteous today by the finished work of the cross. Amen? Because I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. His righteous righteousness became my righteousness. So how am I going to get to heaven today? By being righteous. Well, I put on His righteousness. Hallelujah. It's His righteousness that gets you into the gates of heaven today. Come on, somebody say amen. Hallelujah. So according to John chapter 1, Jesus is the eternal message, the creative word, the living expression of God made visible. He is divine self-expression of all that God is and all that God contains and, all, and He reveals in incarnated flesh. So just as we express ourselves in words, God has expressed Himself in the Son. Amen? Jesus is God's story. That's the gospel truth. Amen? Jesus is God's story. The Bible says He did not leave us comfortless. And so when He ascended to the Father, He opened the door for the Holy Spirit to abide with each and every one of us. When we receive Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit. Have you heard that song? Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving. I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Listen, folks, you are the sanctuary now. He's taken up residence on the inside of you. You are the sanctuary of the Holy Spirit today. And so receiving the Holy Spirit is the most important thing that you can do. John 16, 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So people who make the Word of God a small part of their lives, and I'm not, I'm not beating anybody up, not condemning, I'm just stating a fact, but they will only know partial truth. Amen? Because as you read the Word of God, Holy Spirit will give you knowledge and wisdom and understanding. And they will only experience limited freedom. But if you... If you abide in it, you will experience a greater truth. You will know a greater truth and complete freedom in Jesus. Amen? John 8, 31 and 32. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on Him, If you continue in My word, then you are My disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Amen? Listen, many believers go to church every week. They listen to someone else preach to them and never get into the words for themselves. And again, I'm not beating anybody up. I'm just stating a fact. But if you want to live in victory today, you must first know that the victory has been won for you. Amen? We have the victory in Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus took the keys to death and hell. His, our future is in His hands. 
And so the truth is, we can experience the fullness of God right here, right now, with a relationship with Him. See, one of the partial truths that I heard when I was younger was that I would receive eternal life when I die. But the truth is, eternal life is more than just going to heaven when we die. Eternal life, it's, it's about having an intimate and personal relationship with the Father. And the importance, we need to remember that it's a here and now thing, not just a then and there thing. Amen? I'm here to tell you it's a here and now thing. Salvation begins, or eternal life begins the moment of salvation. The moment you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. John 17, 1-4. Passion Translation says this. This is what Jesus prayed as He looked up into heaven. Father, the time has come. Unveil the glorious splendor of Your Son so that I will magnify Your glory. You have already given me authority over all people so that I may give the gift, the gift of eternal life to all those that you have given to me. Eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God. And to know and experience Jesus Christ as the Son whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth by faithfully doing everything that you've told me to do. But here's some gospel truth for you. You are dead to the law. Amen? You're free from the law. You're not under the law. And Christ is the end of the law for you. I like what Pastor Jamie said in part 3 of Walk This Way. He reminded us that Matthew says that the law and prophets were preached until John. So John the Baptist comes on the scene. And John didn't preach what every other preacher was preaching. Amen? John did not preach the law and prophets. And Pastor Jamie said, and so the law and prophets got mad at him. Amen? But John was preaching the kingdom of God is at hand. He was saying, repent, change your mind about the law and the prophets because that's not how things are going to be done anymore. And he said that it's going to be done through the Lamb of God. And within moments of him saying, repent, the kingdom is at hand. Here comes the king over the banks of the Jordan. And John says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of, of, of the world. Hallelujah. Jesus is our high priest. He's greater than the law. He's greater than the angels. He's greater than Moses. Hallelujah. He's greater than that system temple of worship. Uh, I'm here to tell you He's greater than any sacrifice that's ever been offered. He's greater than any prophet of old today. And because Jesus gave His sacred blood for you and I today, we have unrestricted access uh, to the, the throne of grace. We can come boldly before the throne of grace in the authority and the name of Jesus Christ today because He pleased the Father for us. There's no pressure on us to feel that we must have a perfect record of right behavior before we can pray. I remember there was a time in my life where I wouldn't pray to God because I didn't think I was worthy enough. Amen? That's not true. 
Pastor Frank, if you want to come home, we'll try to land this plane somewhere. But according to Paul, the death, burial, and resurrection is the gospel truth. Comes from Scripture. According to the words of Jesus, eternal life is knowing the Father right here and right now. That's the gospel truth. We don't have to perform perfectly because Jesus has already been made a perfect sacrifice for us. We just have to give it our best, put our faith and trust in Him as our Lord and Savior. Amen? So I want you to know that a person who is born again, it doesn't end there. That's just the beginning. You know, I was taught, I grew up in, in a Southern Baptist church, and I was taught, I was taught that when you got saved, when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Spirit took up residence inside you. Then I was never taught anything else about the Holy Spirit. So I just thought that He lay dormant until I died and went to heaven. And I waited to experience, have that experience, and I'm still waiting, I guess. Not really, because I've experienced the goodness of God in my life over the last eight years like I've never experienced Him before. But when, when we are born again, we are then turned over to the Holy Spirit for transformation. It doesn't just end there. And one of the tools that the Holy Spirit will use is the Scriptures. Don't take someone else's word for it. Don't take my word for it today. Listen, I want to tell you that I've suffered with ADD all my life. I was the kid that would sit in the back of the classroom. I would take a failing grade on a book report because I had to come and stand up in front of the class. Look what God has done. Look what God has done. Amen? I can tell you, when I study for a sermon, I probably have to study four times as hard as someone someone else because when I read something it's hard for me to comprehend what I read and so I have to read it over and over until I that comprehension and I share that not to have you feel sorry for me but to let you know that God can use anybody amen hallelujah Make an effort to study for yourselves and, and become aware of the presence of God in your life. I don't have to pray Him down today. He lives in me. He abides in me. And I abide in Him today. Hallelujah. He goes with me wherever I go. Even in those dark places. He never leaves me. His presence is... Constant. I want to stir you today to enter into the full rest by seeing Jesus alone as your perfection before the Father. When you are made aware of His presence, you really believe what Scripture says that He will never leave you or forsake you, then you will see light in your darkness. He lights up the way. Amen. Darkness cannot overcome Him. Because He has already overcome darkness. 
We have crossed from darkness to light. From faith to reality. Hallelujah. We have passed from shadows to substance. And from doubt to the reality of faith. What once was a symbol has now become substance. We've went from the law to grace. Amen. From the old covenant to the new covenant. From a list of rules and regulations to Jesus performing perfectly for us. And so for all the pictures of the Old Testament, they have found their fulfillment in Jesus. Hallelujah. That's good news today. I'm going to end with this. Jesus is the language of God. I believe God can speak to you many ways. But when God speaks to us, He speaks in the vocabulary of Jesus Christ. All of the Bible from beginning to end points to Him. And so, the truth of the gospel is Jesus. It's Jesus. John 14, 6. I'm going to end with this verse. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the gospel truth today. Father, I thank you, God, for your presence in this place today. I thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit, Lord, that lives on the inside of us, that that leads us and guides us, that gives us wisdom and knowledge, Father. And I just pray, God, that as we go on throughout the day, That people will experience your presence in a greater way. That your presence will manifest in their lives, in their situations, Lord. We pray, God, for those who need healing today, Lord. That your healing would manifest right now. We don't have to pray for it. It's already been done. We pray that they're made whole, well, and healed. In Jesus' name today, Father, I thank you, God, for your Son who gave His life for us. We just give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name.